This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Welcome back to White Ladies in Crisis. It's a podcast dedicated to white women losing their marbles. And we are talking about a very random movie today. <laughs> uh, I am Joe Lipson, and I'm joined as always by Gina Radcliffe. Hello. As well as Jen Adams. Hello, comma, Joe and Gina. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy, I hope you two got as much delight out of <laughs> this month's pick as I did. Uh, yes, folks, we are talking about the Hallmark Christmas movie, It's Christmas, comma, Carol, exclamation mark. I was going to say, it's Christmas, Carol! <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, fine, Gina, if you want to say it the way it's intended to be read. <laughs> So uh, let's maybe begin with a little bit of table setting. Ladies, I would love to know, do you regularly watch Hallmark Christmas movies? No. No. <laughs> That's a big no for me. I described the- <laughs> I was I was telling someone we were watching this. I was like, this is a different kind of horror for me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Although I liked it a lot more than I was expecting to. I was going to say, I, I don't want to say this was my first Hallmark Christmas movie because I, I think that's probably not likely but no i I Mm. generally don't seek them out Mm -hmm. okay yeah that's fair i mean i heard you call it a horror film jen (laughs) and i'm not going to lie that's part of the reason i thought this would be a little bit amusing but i did try to pick one that is genuinely like decent like Mm -hmm. this is probably i don't want to say it's a top tier entry in hallmark this is also quite old so they have sort of changed some of their formula the new ones look a lot more glossy and Mm. fake than this Mm -hmm. but um you know overall this is kind of indicative of big city lady who is too career focused (laughs) needs to get her priorities in gear which means either less money more romance or you know in a lot of cases for hallmark movies it's abandoning the big city and going to a small town to rescue some kind of christmas ornament slash baking shop (laughs) busy businesswoman (laughs) learns to love Yes, exactly. To the point, like, people have made full-on mockumentaries of these. Like, (laughs) it is so formulaic in that way. Mm -hmm. But okay, so, uh, Gino, what did you think of It's Christmas, Carol? (laughs) I mean, I think I would have liked it a lot less if not for the presence of Carrie Fisher, who kind of just carries the whole thing on her back, God bless her soul. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's really helpful to have... I mean, no shade to Emmanuel Vaughn, but there's something reassuring about the presence of uh, a certain princess in this movie. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I really do think that Carrie Fisher brings an appropriate weight to it. Like, it feels like a proper film because she's in it. Mm -hmm. And I liked that it wasn't the traditional three ghosts and one Marley format, too. Because, like, I didn't want to think about um, Carrie Fisher, like toiling away in chains in the underworld you know oh yeah so i'm glad that she was happy you know (laughs) (laughs) 
I thought it was, I thought that, uh, because I do, well, I don't necessarily seek out Hallmark Christmas movies. I do tend to watch a lot of variations on A Christmas Carol every mm-hmm. year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I have, you know, I have a few favorites, but I think it's interesting that this is, this is kind of more of a remake of Scrooged, the, uh, yes. the, uh, the, 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 the Bill Murray version, you mm-hmm. know, in how, like, Instead of, uh, you know, where, where Cratchit is, you know, their assistant who's going out and buying gifts for their family because they, they somehow forget to buy their own mother a Christmas gift <laughs> because they're just that busy. She's a busy businesswoman, you know? <laughs> when, when was this? 2012? Yeah. It does seem to exist in a world where Amazon doesn't exist. <laughs> and like you, you, know, uh-huh. you have to, you have to send someone to a store to buy a present and personally mail it to your own mother, rather mm-hmm. than just you know taking five minutes to just order something on online. Yeah, it's so true. I I had to give the movie props because for a moment I thought that they were only going to pretend that they were running a brick and mortar kind of enterprise here. Mm-hmm. And they do acknowledge how are online sales doing, but it still feels like a bit of an afterthought, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies I, I was unsure as to when this was actually supposed to take place. Mm-hmm. Until I until I looked I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's supposed to be 10 years ago okay <laughs> it's not very long ago and yet it's and yet it seems so long ago in in mm-hmm. in the way like you know you know what are the you know you know, what should you want out of life and all mm-hmm. oh sure yeah i mean i feel like that is part of why hallmark and now lifetime and abc family and whatever that hellscape is that that woman from fuller house is doing that mm-hmm. you know she's the devil whatever who cares um <laughs> I feel like they found this sweet spot by playing not into just like escapist fantasies for primarily white middle age middle income to upper class women, but also this kind of never time like this could be the 1990s, but it could maybe also be the 1950s or it could be now. Mm hmm. Yeah, because we do go back in time in this, you know, and it's so cheap. Like, I did know we were in the 80s because of that flock of seagulls haircut Mm -hmm. and the like 30 seconds of 80s public domain music. Um, (laughs) But other than that, even those time periods feel the same. Yeah, like I I, the only thing that I could tell the difference between when uh, uh, Carol and Ben, when, when you see them together as a couple about approximately when that was supposed to be is is that Ben has a a Leo and Titanic haircut oh. with like the little uh-huh. the little the little like flap of hair like almost over one eye and then he doesn't have that haircut in the present that's the only <laughs> that's the only way I can tell the difference between time periods I would have noticed that except I got sucked into the black hole of this character's charisma and so- <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I mean, God bless the two female leads in this movie, because if this were meant to be focused primarily on just the romance, like if it was Emmanuel Vaughn and this bland, nothing cardboard cutout for like an hour and 20 minutes, this would be insufferable. I know. I would be like, yeah, leave him. Go get your money. You know? Oh, she made the right decision. I, I, I did not buy for a second that either of these people were pining for the other one for the past decade. Oh, no. <laughs> he had more charisma or had more chemistry with his typewriter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say he's more chemistry with the actress playing his sister. That's right. <laughs> yes. I know. 
I mean, there is that moment, right, where we we travel in the present time over and we see him frolicking with these children and she wonders, you know, oh, no, he's got a family. And you can very much believe it because, yeah, he's got better chemistry with her. Mm hmm. Exactly. Also, that's the only reason any man would ever play with kids, too, is if they were a parent. So, of course, that's what we're meant to assume, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing says traditional gender roles like a Hallmark movie. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I've got some thoughts about that for later, too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what do we think about the overall narrative of this? Like, as you said, Gina, it's basically a Christmas carol, but really more so Scrooge. But I mean... I kind of had to sit back a little bit and just be like, okay, you can't get too mad at this because (laughs) of course we're going to say that earning money is less important than being romantically fulfilled or giving your employees two weeks of vacation at Christmas. Like, it's not so egregious that it's pretending that money isn't important, but it's Mm -hmm. a little heavy handed. You know, it kind of takes a very much an either or position Mm -hmm. where to me... Carol's not a very good, was she an editor or does she just run this publishing company? I think she started as an editor and then she moved her way up to like president. So now she's like yeah. basically not doing anything but demeaning her employees. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like her her attitude towards the concept of writing is a little <laughs> odd for someone who runs a publishing house. <laughs> I mean, right. I, I know... I know nothing about the 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 you know, ins and outs of the publishing industry, but you know to have an attitude of there's no money to be made in writing when you're running <laughs> a publishing company mm. seems to be a, a a kind of baffling mindset to 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 have. Yeah, and it's very like all or nothing with this literature. It's like new books are bad. And the only things that we should be reading are like the classics and like that list that she's reading of like, it's Moby Dick and it's Charles Dickens. And like, not that there's anything wrong with those. but Mm -hmm. There have been books written in the last hundred years. You know, we could (laughs) read those too. Um, It just feels very like, I don't know, very, there's a dichotomy in books. It's either trash or it's like, Like the classics that you have to like hit people over the head to read, you know, and you're doing the Lord's work if you publish these books because you are providing like the the nutritious food for the masses, you know. Yeah, it's super weird because I feel like we needed to acknowledge either a fictitious recent bestseller, like she's Mm -hmm. publishing airport novels a la James Patterson or something like that, just so that we had a better sense of like, oh, she's lost her way. She's only publishing lurid, not good literary things because we very much get the impression that, yeah, she's focusing on the classics and those are not bestsellers. Mm Mm-mm. Yeah, and it was, I was frustrated with it. I think I went into this with the bar set so low for me that anything (laughs) it did, it was going to impress me. And I think that's why I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. But this concept of like making money, being ambitious, like giving the people what they want is bad. And we should only be doing like the lofty, 
books or the lofty projects. It was it was kind of frustrating. And like I work for a company where um, and I'm not going to say what it is, but like mm-hmm. we we have to make a product and I have really strong feelings about what that product should be. But if the customer won't buy it, it doesn't matter what we make. So right. like that dichotomy, like if she can't sell the book, then you really can't keep the lights on. And it doesn't matter how many classics you're printing if you're not selling enough to stay in business. So there's a balance there. Yeah, you're not you're not making much money just doing reprints of of, of old books. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what frustrated me about this too. Like I 100% recognize that we are approaching this through a very contemporary lens mm-hmm. and a very real world lens, and that's not what these movies <laughs> are focused on. Right. But at the same time, you're trying to sell me this fantasy which is that she's either only publishing good, valuable work or she's only interested in profit as though there isn't a middle compromise that still sells the fantasy. Like, yeah, it's just so black and white that I find myself a little bit frustrated because I think the performance by Emmanuel Vaughn is actually pretty decent. Like, mm-hmm. this is a Canadian actress that I've seen in a ton of like genre television shows. So she does have good chops. Mm-hmm. She's usually like cast as the sexy girl in things. Mm. She wears this blue dress throughout most of the film, and she's obviously got a great body. You know, she's very attractive, but she's also not sexually available or seemingly interested, right? Like, she's had Mm. this one boy in her life and hasn't spoken to him in, like, a decade. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's because she's so career-focused, right? Like, oh, I guess you can still be hot, but also professional. But it's this weird thing where I'm like, who is... Like, I know we're meant to root for her, but mostly root for her to change. But I don't understand who she's meant to be at the beginning of this, because why is she making such an effort to look so great if she's also not interested in anything except money? Yeah, it feels like she should have a boy toy boyfriend Mm -hmm. who is like, uh, maybe he's like an evil publisher, you know, who only wants to publish like, what did they say, like 59 second workout or something? Um, And so she has to choose between like, boring, but the love of her life, quote unquote, Ben and this like, boy toy billionaire who like has fancy suits and stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean, that seems more in keeping with the modern uh, Hallmark Christmas uh, story where you've, uh, a, you, you're you forced to choose between two men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas she's yeah. forced to choose between having a career and, and having this boyfriend because, you know, she saw a possible future where they're going to have three children and look completely different than they do 20 years <laughs> earlier. Right. And her big success in this memory is like successfully interacting with the child, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen, as we've clarified, she has no ability to express human emotion and or make a human connection. <laughs> That's right. Because she's busy businesswoman. <laughs> I, I love that they they kind of tease you into thinking that like she's gonna say something really awful to the kid, like which is like is that right. Santa Claus? Like you're the fired. one who brings toys. And, uh, 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 yeah, it's gonna be like well that's, that's what she, I thought she was gonna say well that's stupid and that's gonna right. be like you know that's her that's her her future. She doesn't change that you know she gets she still gets together with Ben and has kids, but she's still like mean. Yeah. Right. I also thought it was interesting how mean is depicted here like mm-hmm. I, mm. 
if you guys see the George C. Scott version of A Christmas Carol, oh, sure. where he's basically like about to like kick dogs going down the street <laughs> and like uh-huh. he's like he's like mean to the point of of like dangerous. Like you just think yeah. he's just gonna haul off and like you know hit someone at some point. He could murder a child, yeah. <laughs> Right, 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 right. Whereas here, she's she's just kind of a bitch, you know. Yeah. <laughs> which, which mm-hmm. I I think is you know they, they kind of held back a little bit from mm-hmm. you know well how how terrible can we make this female character? And you know well we'll have her we'll have her tell her staff they have to come in and work on Christmas Day, which doesn't make any <sighs> sense. No. Like why, why would a publishing company need their staff to come in on Christmas Day? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's like even even like super real bitches who don't have secret hearts of gold like hidden somewhere in there like know that you don't fire people on Christmas Eve, you know, mm-hmm. like you wait till like three days later, you know, or the Monday after Christmas. Not that anyone should do that, but like, yeah, it, it feels a bit comically mean mm-hmm. because where that meanness comes from feels more like like childhood stress and trauma i feel like Mm -hmm. trauma is a little bit of a strong word but like growing up with like food insecurity and like an unstable living environment and so what she learned is that you need money to survive and that's not wrong yeah that was kind of the piece of the story that i had forgotten about because i think when you look at this movie you think oh it's a christmas carol only carrie fisher is playing all three of the ghosts sold Mm -hmm. And what you kind of forget is that the story does actually have a genuine emotional component in these childhood flashbacks. And I find these scenes of her mom desperately trying to stay on to what is obviously a seasonal contract gig. Like, that is genuinely captivating because Mm -hmm. I think that's the real situation for a lot of people. Like, I would have liked a little bit more perspective about, like, where does this exist? Like, is it that we're living in New York and rent is really high and jobs are scarce? Or Mm -hmm. is it kind of like, we're living in a small town and we just don't have these options or so on? Like, Mm -hmm. this this movie doesn't have a good sense of geography. And it's clearly meant to be set in Chicago, but it was filmed in Vancouver, which is, like, a very weird, like, normally Vancouver does not sit in for that city. So Mm -hmm. it's a little odd. But yeah, overall, I I did really like her backstory. And that was what was driving her is this idea that I can never have too much money because I can never be poor again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's also this feeling when it comes to Ben, too, where like she has been supporting him while mm-hmm. he's trying to pursue his dream and writing his novel. And like, I, I feel like a broken record but I have to think about like Stephen King when he was first getting started and like Tabitha his wife walking to her job at Dunkin Donuts before the sun came up like every day and then living in like dirt poor poverty like it's when you are really working on a novel like I feel like he is purporting to be working on it. Like mm-hmm. she's the sole breadwinner, you know? Oh, yeah. And if she doesn't want to live in an apartment with a billion stairs, which is a fair concern, you know, like she wants to make money and she needs to make enough money to support both of them. And then I feel like that gets thrown back in her face, you know, like how dare you want to make money when mm-hmm. we've been expecting you to make money because, no one else is, you know, and Ben's like, well, there's more to life than money. And yeah, he can say that because he's not the one that's making it, you know? 
Well, one thing I always love about uh, how you know, the writer's life is depicted in, in movies mm-hmm. and television, it's impossible to, to work at the same time as writing. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to have somebody constantly supporting you. And this is a, an odd movie to bring up uh, in, in reference to this kind of like light and frothy Hallmark Christmas movie. But you guys ever seen Patterson with uh, Adam Driver? Which is a, a, yeah. a very realistic... Oh, it's it's a very realistic look at at how people have to balance having a you know creative urge while also maintaining a job and not even a particularly mm-hmm. glamorous job. He's a bus driver, and right. and I think his wife runs a bakery or something like that or like a baking business, and she's like trying to be an artist, and and it's just very much about the you know the realism of of that how he basically just composes poetry on the job when he when mm-hmm. he when he has time to do it and here it's just like you know she kind of hints that maybe they could use more money and that maybe it would be good if he got a job and he's like well how dare you, <laughs> you know? like, <laughs> like how do you you know and it's considered unreasonable for her to expect him to try to carry his weight a little bit while mm-hmm. while writing this novel that i guess this is the novel that he's finally getting published some 10 years later. Right. Which, like, you know... (laughs) That's a lot of writer's block. (laughs) Right. What has he been doing the entire time since then? I Mm -hmm. mean, because I hope it hasn't been living with his sister. (laughs) I mean, maybe. Maybe he's a full-time babysitter. Those kids seem very familiar with him. (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, and, you know, it probably takes a long time to work that old typewriter. (laughs) You have to, like, (laughs) restring the ribbon. Uh, I do, I do like the, I do like the idea that he, he apparently just, you know, had this idea for a book kicking around his head and didn't do anything with it until she bought him this ancient typewriter. Mm-hmm. Well, and the book is about the last ten years of his life. So, like, what was he doing before he left? I guess he couldn't think of an idea. You know, I mean, clearly he was a shit writer, and it was only <laughs> when she dumps his ass that all of a sudden he's got material to work on a book for. What if? get back together and she re <laughs> the rest of the book is like she's the worst i can't believe she left me and it's just like a book full of trashing her i guess she has already read it but you know <laughs> but it's weird because it's like it's like the reverse of like a trophy wife like you hear about those stories where the women work for their husband to go through med school you know Mm -hmm. and then they get traded in for the younger model once the once they're they're older and they've had a couple of kids and they look the same age as their husband now and he can't handle that and it's like she has been doing this too and she still looks great and she's given up a lot of the like she is still the trophy wife but he still doesn't want her you know right this weird middle ground like she's expected to make the exact right amount of money and then stop and she just has to figure out where that limit is you know (laughs) yeah and it's been determined by him and not communicated (laughs) yeah i was you know pulling for her to you know go see the mom for christmas because why wouldn't you come on man like that that just seems like Right, that just seemed like inexplicably mean spirited. Like, like mm-hmm. in the original story, of course, it's his nephew that mm-hmm. you know he he doesn't want to spend time with because he's mad that he married a poor girl, 
And, you know, you're not spending the holidays with your nephew, even if he is apparently your only living relative. That, that, you know, fine. But <laughs> it doesn't, it never actually explains you know, why she won't go spend Christmas with her mother. She just says, well, I'm too busy. Just too and busy. And it's like, well, are you mad at her? No, I mean, I don't, Gina, I, she's that, making that money felt... <laughs> every day. Every day she needs to make money. On Christmas Day, apparently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I was pulling for that. Uh, was that Dee Wallace, by the way, playing the mom? It's not, but it looks so much like her. I thought it was. (laughs) It looks very much like her. Yeah, like uh, like what they call it, um, Sam's Club D. Wallace. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah, discount D. (laughs) Yeah, I I was pulling for her to you know show her her employees appreciation, but Mm. I really could not give a shit about whether she got back together with Ben or not because oh no, I I did not buy their relationship. No, Mm -hmm. no. To the movie's credit, though, like when she said, now I've got to go fix the important, the most important thing in my life, I was sure that was going to be Ben. And I was mm-hmm. really happy that it was her going to see her mom. I feel like the yes. the ending of this kind of- Yeah, I was of, surprised at that too, honestly. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of would have liked if Ben had just dumped her, you know, and maybe like a new bright and shiny guy walks through the door into the publishing world, you know? Right. Yeah. Um- Okay, let's acknowledge the sort of elephant in the room with this, because obviously Hallmark and most of these kinds of movies, like, you know what you're going to get when you go into it, and what you're expecting is probably not something incredibly feminist or too darn progressive. Mm -hmm. But what do you two ultimately think the message of this movie is? Because I feel like it's overly punitive towards women who have aspirations to be successful businesswomen. Like, Mm -hmm. as you said, Gina, yes, she is a bitch because she doesn't seem to care about her mother. And also she treats people rudely. But so much of the rest of the movie is like, oh, well, how dare she be hot and successful? Uh (laughs) And ambitious. Is that the takeaway? (laughs) Mm hmm. Yeah, it, it it does seem to suggest, you know, how could you possibly be happy this way? Right. And, well, I mean, I mean, yeah, obviously, obviously she should not be treating her employees like trash. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously, you know, she should not be you know, ignoring her mother, especially over the holiday season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, shouldn't have a man. Okay. Shouldn't have kids. Okay. I mean, you know, the, 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 right. The suggestion is. I couldn't possibly see how how you could be happy like this, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, unfortunately, that still is a thing that a lot of women who you know make a conscious decision to be single or to not have children here. But mm-hmm. you know, obviously, this movie is not going to say you know, well, she could be a nicer person while still also you know be you know, living on her own and choosing not to have children. It's sort of mm-hmm. like. You know, it, it, it's like, well, see, you know, no love and no kids have turned you into a dried up old witch, you know? I mean, it's like, well, she's like 35, you know? Right. Like, I mean, she has plenty of time to still have kids if she wants to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's two tracks of this. There's like, is she a good boss and is she a good partner, like a romantic partner? And I feel like the boss part I enjoy. Like, I like her realizing that, hey, it's better to work with people and to like appreciate the strength that you have around you Mm -hmm. than it is to just like 
beat everyone down. Exactly. Although I will say, if uh, she hadn't been working her ass off for the last 10 years, nobody's getting two weeks of paid vacation. You know, where did all that come from? Oh, yeah, it's because she was working so hard. Uh, But, (laughs) but yeah, they uh, paying paying someone to go on a year long sabbatical. I know. It's like a year long. I, I expected Seriously. her to be like, and I better see a really good fucking book at the end of this year. Yeah, which I feel like is not unreasonable to ask. Like that mm-hmm. would have been an advance, exactly. but also like what a sixty thousand dollar advance, <laughs> right? Yeah, like I don't. Have you guys seen the Family Man with um, Nicholas Nicholas Cage? Cage? Yeah, yeah. I feel like. That movie does this well, like when he he because he's like fancy stockbroker man, you know, mm-hmm. and he's presented as like liking his life. And it's not so much that he learns that his life before was shit and that he's terrible. It's that he just learns there's these other things that I hadn't thought I could have, you know, and I feel like here it's we're supposed to learn that, yes, her life before was just the worst. And now she's surrounded by family and friends and a Christmas tree. So she's happy. Right. And that Mm because that's what we all want. Yeah. Okay. well, maybe let's change gears briefly and acknowledge some of the things that this movie does well, because Mm -hmm. I do think that this is actually fun. Like, these are problems I literally have with every Hallmark Christmas movie, and I just Mm -hmm. have to eat my feelings or else I just (laughs) won't enjoy watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, I... I like the physical comedy of when she gets dumped into a new location immensely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's like Scrooge, like that whole great scene with him and Carol Kane where she like basically like punches and kicks him from like place to place. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. So he hits him in the favorite. face with a toaster. I I I love that. I love the picture on the front of the manuscript too. It's just so funny. And the cat meowing when she gets when she jumps out the window. That was my favorite part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I love what she's uh, looking up because uh, apparently she doesn't remember the, the plot of a Christmas Carol, which, oh, right. <laughs> which I thought which I thought was funny. So she she looks it up on Info Traveler. <laughs> um, uh, ah. And it's like reading the plot, and like and like Carrie Fisher's kind of like coming down the stairs with like the cloak cover. Yeah, I did really enjoy Carrie Fisher in that. I liked that they were what are they the, the Department of Correctors or Corrections? Mm-hmm. I can't remember. I wrote it down, but I thought it was really cute. The, the Board of Correctors. <laughs> I did like the gag about how uh, there were going to be three ghosts, but there was like budget cuts, so it's just her. <laughs> uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> Money is tight, even in heaven. Exactly. Yeah, this could have been a lot worse. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I will confess, I had uh, a second option. Mm. And it is amusing, but it doesn't have Carrie Fisher in it. But it does have Jenny Garth from 90210. Um, Basically... It's kind of like an overboard situation where she gets bonked on the head and she wakes up in an alternative reality where uh, basically she has to like go and stay with her old boyfriend and like reintegrate with her old life. And it's not big city living and it's not rich, but, you know, she has to discover, oh, this is what's more meaningful to me, you know, the small town relations and so on. Mm hmm. 
the issue with that one is that it is all about the romance. Like, mm-hmm. if you can't get on board with the idea that she needs to leave her job behind so that she can be poor with this dude, then the movie doesn't work. And it, it really gets sold because Jenny Garth is enjoyably comedically gifted in the film Mm -hmm. but the rest of it you're just like oh god oh god (laughs) the feminism in me it's dying (laughs) like i'm choosing me by not watching this (laughs) Hmm. yeah one thing i did appreciate about this movie is uh unlike a lot of the 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 hallmark christmas specials it didn't feel very republican where Mm -hmm. like where you know the, the the answer to a happy life was to you know go move to a small town Mm-hmm. oh yeah with wink wink real american values and stuff like yeah. that like mm-hmm. you know there, there's no there's no scene where she you know goes to like you know a christmas village or you know yep. has to to as uh, jen mentioned earlier you save a, save the family christmas tree farm or anything <laughs> like that you know it, it's it doesn't suggest that the answer to to her happiness is to you know you know, move to a small town and embrace traditional values, which which that part right. I I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It feels like she really gets to be herself still, just a nicer version of herself. You know. Hmm. Yeah, that's yeah that that's that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought the um the democratization of the company, like making mm-hmm. all of these people into equal owners is interesting because, I mean, if this came out during a certain period in U.S. <laughs> slash Canadian uh, history, you would accuse this movie of being a pinko commie. Ah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that's like I that's the part of the message that I really enjoyed. It's like and and that they still wanted her to be in charge too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like that moment I do feel like that little whispering session they had was probably not the best way to think through should she really be the president, but you know, <laughs> I think it was probably the right call. I mean, the movie is 75% set up and then 25% follow through. So mm. everything that happens in about the last 20 to 25 minutes of this movie feels way too rushed. So, oh, yeah. you know, we spent the entire first two thirds plotting to get our revolution on. <laughs> and then we just abandon it the minute that she seems a little bit nicer. Exactly. They get their bonuses and they're like, yeah. Also, there's donuts. So, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll I'll give up my dreams for a donut if I we're being too. honest. Um, does it have chocolate frosting? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if that's on the budget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is one of those things where I'm like, how long did it take her to put this stuff together? <laughs> you know, right? Even where did she get all the Christmas decorations from? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that that mo- the mom's house looks like like Macy's, right? <laughs> Professionally decorated. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it was done while she was at like church. <laughs> yeah the little elves you know i bet the elves on the shelves i was gonna say i would have loved it if we had a scene scenes of her like paying off children to do all the baking <laughs> and decorating and it's like i've learned nothing <laughs> <laughs> like the little boy he makes by the goose for him like mm-hmm. it's twice as big as me that's in the muppets version i'm not sure if it's in the real version <laughs> i don't think so oh yeah no it is yeah is oh, it okay oh <laughs> I mean, the Muppets version is obviously the best version. It is the definitive of- oh, Christmas clearly. <laughs> like, imagine this movie with Muppets and Carrie Fisher. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to sing the entire movie right now, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Carrie Fisher is a delight in this. Like, I really, I had never seen Emmanuel 
Vaughn. Vaughn in anything before. Uh, but I really enjoyed her. But yeah, Carrie Fisher, if this movie doesn't have her, I would be like 50% less interested. Yeah, yeah. Agree. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a weirdly thankless role because really mm-hmm. all Carrie Fisher is doing is like cracking jokes at her expense and being exasperated. Mm-hmm. But Carrie Fisher does it so fucking well mm-hmm. that it becomes really enjoyable to watch. It made me think I would love for her to just be doing this in the after, like like going down and talking to actresses, like mm. as they're deciding about their big roles. And it just made me, it was just good to see her again. You know, I hadn't seen her in anything in a while, especially in this part of her life, you know, so it just, right. it made me happy. I did want to ask, I when I was searching for this, I saw that there is a, it's Christmas comma Eve. Do oh you know about that? I was like, is that a prequel? I do not, but mm. I mean, the name, like Eve is the Carrie Fisher character, but I can't imagine it's meant to be directly correlated. Hmm, I might have to investigate. I mean, and the Eve, that would be a good prequel name also. Mm-hmm. Unless it's hyper-religious. Oh, yeah. No, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the story of the first Christmas oh. when Eve ruined the garden. <laughs> brought to you by Hallmark. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you joke, but that's coming next year, I bet. <laughs> copyright, copyright, patent. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Well, any other thoughts on It's Christmas, Carol? <laughs> I just love the punctuation. <laughs> it's, it just sounds like, it just sounds like, 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 it could be taken two ways. Like, it could be really excited, like, it's Christmas, Carol? Or exasperate, it's Christmas, Carol? <laughs> you exactly. know, it's like, right. You could do it, like, two different ways, it's you know? Christmas, Carol? <laughs> Jeez. I will say, I, as a person who, and, <laughs> and Joe, you and I have talked about this a lot off air, like, as a person who struggles with um, what could be described as work addiction, mm-hmm. it was an interesting story to watch. Um, I don't know if I have any, like, big points to say than that but that I almost texted both of y'all and was like is are y'all trying to tell me to stop working so much is that the whole reason we're watching this no it's Christmas Jen (laughs) I know (laughs) this whole podcast has been a ruse from the beginning it's a long con to try to get all three of us to do less work See, you see, you see, you see, Joe and I actually died years ago. <laughs> and, and so <laughs> we're, we're appearing to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay. Well, we're not going to top that joke. So. <laughs> uh, um, Jen, if folks would love to talk to you about your work addiction, how could they get a hold of you? <laughs> Uh, you can find me at Jen Ferratu on, uh, if I'm on a social, it's at Jen Ferratu. So, you know, just try your hand and see if I show up, I guess. Um, and you can also find me co-hosting the Losers Club, uh, comma podcast, <laughs> uh, which is about Stephen King and psychoanalysis, which is about horror movies and mental health. Correct. Although your punctuation is not. Oh, that's right. <laughs> hey, commas, I don't know how they work. They're a total mystery. So <laughs> uh, I just like to splice them. So. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and Gina, if people want to talk to you about how amazing Carrie Fisher is. Oh, I, I'm always happy to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> you can find me co-hosting the Kill by Kill podcast in which we talk about horror movies according to the characters. 
Uh, I'm on most socials such as Twitter, however long longer mm. that may last under mm. Gina Does Things. And I have a Substack under Gina Watches Things.substack.com. Nice. And I can be reached at B Stole My Remote, and that's the letter B. And a new episode of Horror Queers comes out every Wednesday. That is not quite it. Well, maybe it might be quite it. We're we're aiming to have a new episode either right in time for the end of the year or right after the start of the new year. But uh, yeah, first of all, thanks to the Anatomy of a Screen Pod Squad Network for hosting the show. And ladies, regardless of when we come back, we're going to do so with Y2K fears Woo! of the internet. Because we're talking Sandy Bullock in the net, baby. Ooh. haven't seen this Log movie on pizza.net for that <laughs> that's right Ooh, i don't think i've seen this movie since theaters ah uh, yes so i'm, I'm excited. so excited <laughs> <laughs> all right well yes until we do order a pizza online and it is the height of sophistication <laughs> i'm just going to say if you're going to drop out of a window watch out for cats <laughs> <laughs> Scream Pod Squad.